Welcome to the Life's Better podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. My name is Jonathan Gleason, and I'm joined today, as always, with our co-host, Josh Doolin, who enjoys waking up every single morning, kissing his wonderful wife, Emily, and a vigorous workout with sweating to the oldies with Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons, yes. Yes. Every morning, I get up, (laughs) and that is the first thing I have to do, is is listen to Richard Simmons. Yes, very good. Uh, We also have a special guest today with us, Joanna T-Day. And Joanna, not only do we enjoy your company, obviously you can be on the show just for that alone, but you actually represent kind of a unique and maybe almost a diminishing segment of our society. Uh, We've got people in your age group who um, really don't really buy into the whole church model thing. You know, we talk about how life is so much better with God, community, and purpose, but so many in your generation are walking away or just not interested in the church, but that's not the case for you. I mean, if anything, I think you have doubled down when it comes to church involvement. Uh, Not only do you attend, not only do you serve, but you are in a season of life where you are committed to training up the youngest uh, generation to know God with all their heart, to have genuine connection with other people, and to have that life of significance and purpose. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, You graduated from Lindsay Wilson not that long ago. Your degree was? Christian Ministries and Human Services and Counseling. It was a double major. Okay. Uh, I read up on Lindsay Wilson because I... I didn't really know a whole lot about the college. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that not until moving to the state that I even know that that college existed. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, funny though, I always thought that when I heard the name that it was probably named after some significant woman, and it's not. It's actually named after a, a nephew of Catherine Wilson. Right. Um, I think actually somewhere along the way that nephew became her stepson and then he passed away. At least that's what your website said. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very weird, but I think that's correct. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that was the case. And I wanted to also check to see if you knew the history of your own school, which you seem to. Yeah, I looked it up too when I looked into the school. Was it on the website or did you have to take a special class for that? It was on the website. Let me ask you a question then. So when you went to that website... And it said history, and it was kind of given some information on Catherine Wilson. Did did her picture profile right there, did it kind of take you by surprise? I don't remember. That was like four or five years ago. <laughs> you would remember. She's got this really <laughs> grumpy disposition. I know, I know. It's, it's one of those things that some people didn't smile back then. But, I mean, it was almost like one of those scream scare things when I saw her picture. I was like, whoa, wow, <laughs> Catherine, you don't look happy. Maybe they didn't have the picture up back then because they didn't want to okay. scare off the <laughs> students. She's just upset because it was a second grade school to a school very close by, and that was why she had the grumpy disposition. All right, we've got our Campbellsville <laughs> alum over here talking trash. And no one cares about the, the school I graduated from. <laughs> where? Who? I don't know where that is. Oh. Well, today we want to start by playing a little game with you. Um, We call this Hot Seat. Josh and I are just going to ask you some questions. We're going to get in some more content in a little bit, but this is just a way for us to get to know you, have some fun at the same time. So are you up for random questions? Awesome. Absolutely. None of them, at least mine, none of them are really too, you know, scary. Uh, There's one that might be a little tougher, but for the most part, they're good. Josh, do you got some zingers in there? I don't have like 
Scary. What's what's your definition of a scary question? Like I don't want that information out in public type oh, of thing. Okay. You know, I think that was okay, but now I'm a little scared. <laughs> what's the worst crime you've ever committed? <laughs> well, knowing you, that's probably not gonna be that jaywalking. Yeah, you're you're such a lawbreaker. I had to cut that. Alright, the question I have for you is uh, if you could relive one moment in your life, what would that moment be? Oh goodness. Probably that moment, jaywalking. Relive, <laughs> re, relive in a good way to like experience it again, or in a way to redo it. I'm gonna let you decide. Oh goodness, I think that I would want to relive the moment that I found out I was gonna have a little sister. Because mm. I know that sounds crazy and out there, but that was such a big deal to me, and I don't remember how it felt to find out that I was gonna have a younger sister. And I love my younger brother, too, but I grew up in a family with a lot of boys, so finding out that I was going to have a sister was amazing. I would relive that. So you do remember the feeling, like there was excitement, but you don't really, the the whole experience is just kind of like maybe a little gray. Yeah, I was pretty young, and I remember praying for a sister, but Mm -hmm. the actual moment when I found out that I was going to get one was, you know, lost somewhere in that. So I would like to go back and relive that. Do you feel like the same excitement now, though? Like when you think of Mary, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> yes. Mary is one of my best friends. So oh, man, that's I great. have that's great. always cherished her. Mary's like shedding a tear right now somewhere. <laughs> Probably not. She's listening laughing. To this. <laughs> or like, <"Bleh." laughs> gross. That's more like it. <laughs> Joanna, stop being so gross. <laughs> All right, Josh, what do you got? All right. Uh, so you've mentioned your brothers used to convince you of things that weren't necessarily true so my question is uh what is the funniest thing that you've been convinced of before because uh, of gullibility maybe when i was probably seven or eight uh my brothers and i were all out jumping on the trampoline and i don't remember why i remember that's where it happened but um they started trying to convince me that i was adopted and they told me that my last name was really maggot (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know why I believed them, but I did. And I ran inside crying to oh, my mom. No. And I was like, Mom, they told me I was adopted and that my last name is Maggot. And she's like, no, honey, you're not adopted. They were just teasing you. And so that is one of the major lies that I fell for. Oof, that one, that one <laughs> now, how old were you at this point? Yeah. Probably like, like seven or eight. I was worried. I was worried that she was in high school and you were just going through one of those moments. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got another one here. Um, if you could have one wish, can't wish for more wishes, what would it be? It's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Oh, man. One wish. Ooh. Probably that I could have access. No. I can already have access to every book in the world. That's a terrible <laughs> wish. <laughs> Amazon, Audible, yeah, yeah. They'll take exactly. care of you. Yeah, I guess you got me there because I was gonna wish for all the books in the world, but I can have access to them all. You just want to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast, then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's my one wish. I just want to be <laughs> Belle. Uh, minus okay. maybe the beast. <laughs> just skip you know, to the end when minus, he's a prince again. Minus the obligation to marry somebody that I don't, you know, really know. Yeah. Aside from that. Now, are you referencing the Beast there or Gaston? 
You know, both, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Come to think of it. She knew Gaston, but didn't want to marry him. And she didn't know the Beast, but ended up wanting to marry him. So I just want to be left alone with my books. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that sounds lonely, but okay. <laughs> she would lock herself in the castle. Exactly. <laughs> for, for any single guys out there, uh, if you were interested in Joanna, clearly she's not interested in you. Yeah. Unless it comes with lots of books. Yeah, you and have a castle. Plenty of alone time. <laughs> All right, uh, my next one is what, and this is actually one that I had to get online because I'm bad at coming up with these questions, is what fictional character would you be best friends with in real life? And it sounds like Belle might be already the answer, but... Belle? Um, but I think also I would really probably get along very well with... Um, goodness. My mind... Or, it's already going to Disney princesses because okay. I love Disney so much. So I think probably Cinderella and I would get okay. along because she's just a very sweet, kind, gentle person. And I really love being around sweet, kind, gentle people. So, yeah. you know, Belle and Cinderella would be that That's good. trio. Cool, cool. I like those. Yeah. All right. What's the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you? Yikes. Um, this was the tough one that I was telling you about. Man, there have been so many moments in my life. I think I repress most of them. Okay. So I'm not sure I can remember all of the good ones. But um, when I was probably, I don't even know how old I was. Uh, when I was maybe nine, I was on a, a boy's and girls basketball team through upward sports and I don't know what was wrong with my nine-year-old brain um, but I got into like attack mode with the aggression and we were we were like scrimmaging and stuff and I went and actually like jumped on a boy and like grabbed him to try and get the basketball and so I just you know for a moment as a nine-year-old, made a very embarrassing mistake and just tackled this guy. And I realize now you don't tackle people in basketball, but at the time it seemed like just what I needed to do to get the ball. And so looking back, I'm very embarrassed by that. <laughs> well, I've already used up this joke. I was going to make another joke about Lindsay Wilson just not being as good as Campbellsville. <laughs> but uh, my, my real question with this is less fun, but uh, what was it that you liked most about Lindsay Wilson because mm -hmm. in all honesty if I have to admit this to myself they're very similar schools yeah. uh, what what did you like most because I, I know it, it there are just unique things about our schools that mm -hmm. people might not know about mm -hmm. I really loved uh, the community there from the first moment you step on campus you realize that it's a tight-knit place it's a really mm -hmm. small campus there's a small student body and eventually everybody kind of knows everybody mm. and to me that was really special because mm. I got to see people that I knew and loved every day just walking to class and in the cafeteria. And life is better with community. Yeah. Exactly. Life is so much better with community. There you go. All right, last question I've got for you and this is going to kind of lead us into some of the more content that we're going to be sharing. When it comes to podcasts, uh, Josh and I have talked about how there's certain genres of podcasts and we've kind of put them in two categories. You've got the conversational-driven podcast, and then you've got the content-driven podcast. Which are you a fan of? Are you interested in, hey, just kind of the chat, hey, we'll see what we talk about, or hey, give me the information on psychology that I want, or on you know, leadership, whatever it might be. 
You know, I have to be honest, I should probably say, like, the chatting kind, because that's kind of what we've got going on here, this <laughs> conversation. But I really like when there's just one person giving me content, uh, because I usually go and find podcasts that talk about a subject that I want to learn more about. So when I'm, when I'm looking for that, then I go to those content ones. But there are times when I just, you know, want to have some fun, and so I'll go and find a conversational podcast and listen to what they come up with. No, that sounds good. In fact, we are trying to do a little bit of both. Uh, the last time, the first podcast we did, it was more content driven. Today is more conversational mm -hmm. in nature. And so we're going to try to offer both. I know, Josh, you're more of a fan of the conversation. I am right there with you, Joanna. Give me the information <laughs> I want. <laughs> Feed my mind and my intelligence, whatever it is that I'm working on that I need some information on. So uh, we're going to go and move into more content right now. Uh, again, this podcast is really focused on helping people discover God's love in a unique way, uh, looking at how we can have more community and purpose in our life. And so for you, I know... At some point, for any Christian, it gets to the point where, okay, our faith becomes really ours and not just our parents. And so when did your commitment to God really become yours? Mm -hmm. I would say probably when I was about 13 or 14. Um, and I don't think there was a catalyst. I just, at that age, started really thinking, you know, I'm not doing much to actually own my faith. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just kind of going to church and, you know, letting my parents lead me there, which was good. But that was the age where I realized I need to take some responsibility. Um, and so I kind of took responsibility for getting to know God and was like, all right, so, you know, I'm going to find out about this God that I'm actually committed to serving. Um, and I, I would say that's about the age when it started to click. So what were, the, what were those steps that you did take then, even at that young age of 13, to say, okay... I need to do this, and this is actually how I'm going to do it. Um, so I think that uh, the, the obvious one that occurred to me was, hey, I need to take time every day to be reading my Bible mm -hmm. and to be praying. And so from age 13 or 14, I started trying to set aside a time every day. And I, I played around with, you know, different times and formats and stuff, but that was really kind of the first step that I took towards, you know, owning my own faith mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And... Um, it was really transformational for me. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I know one of the things that we all love about you is the fact that it does seem, you know, to us that you have an, an intimacy with God that, I mean, I know I've shared this with you a few times that even just your prayer life, you can just tell that there is a connection that not everyone seems to have. And so at age 13, that began with, hey, I'm going to spend that time in the morning mm -hmm. with God. What are some of the rhythms that you now have that are continuing to develop that love relationship so that things don't get routine, things mm -hmm. don't get stale? Uh, well, I would say that I've, I've continued that quiet time, you know, just me and God, um, and that's only grown over the years, and it's become one of the most life-giving parts of, mm -hmm. of my day, mm -hmm. um, and that's really where I get charged up to, to be able to carry out the rest of my day. Um, but I've also added memorizing scripture because to me, just having things constantly in my mind is what helps me to focus on them and to live them out. And so it's been, it's been really good to not only have that quiet time, but to memorize scripture throughout the day. I'll pick a verse and just work on it and think of it whenever I can. And, and that's really helped to kind of get it ingrained. Um, 
and then also I would say like my community life with church I've had a lot of really good Christians who have poured into me and I've gotten to pour into them Um, and so you know getting to come together and worship and learn has been a really big part of that so those, those three things of making sure that my personal time with God is intact and that I'm praying and meditating on scripture throughout the day and then also you know coming together and getting recharged by being with other Christians those are rhythms that have just really helped me out pressure's on what verse are you trying to memorize right now and we want to hear it okay it's Colossians 3 10 and 11 and um, it says oh goodness how does it start you threw me under the bus. It's, <laughs> it's, um, and uh, as you, <laughs> I feel like I'm in grade school again. <laughs> it's, um, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this, in this new life, it doesn't matter whether you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, uh, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. And the reason I picked that verse was because I just love the idea of uh, that renewal of who we are. And then also just like it doesn't matter what your past is or Mm -hmm. where you came from. Christ is all that matters. Yeah, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Exactly. What translation was that? New Living Translation. Okay. Yeah, it sounded sounded a little more hip than (laughs) the version I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, let me also ask you, and this again kind of has to do with that, that God aspect, uh, that life is just better with him. But let me ask you, what would you say really to those who are interested in this idea of, hey, life being better with God? Yeah, that sounds intriguing, but they're just not there yet. What would you say to encourage them or maybe even move them forward? Um, I would say, you know, God really wants to be discovered. He really wants to be found. And so if you're if you're in the process of exploring him, just keep exploring because um, I believe that, you know, you'll start to learn more and to be able to see more uh, the deeper you look. And so it's really about just getting into the process because when you talk about like seeking God and, you know, kind of feeling it out, I think that's a process where we're all locked in for our entire lives. Because um, we never really quite get there, if if you read me. We never really get to that end goal. And so it's really just about getting into the process of exploring. And, and then I would say also being true to what you find out. Because I know that sometimes we, we find out information about God that calls us to action. And then it's up to you to either decide if you're going to act upon it or mm. if you're just going to ignore it. Um, and so those, those two things of just, you know, get into the process and continue exploring and then also act upon what you find out are two things that I think, um, you should keep in mind as you're seeking God. Yeah. I'm going to, again, make it a little tough on you when it comes to the obedience side that you just talked about that acting on maybe in the last year has there been anything where you wrestled with God a bit that you felt there was a calling and you're like, no, I would rather not have that in my life. I'd rather not have to do that or say that to a friend or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I would say, honestly, just 
this job as mm-hmm. the children's director, I definitely wrestled with God a little. There was there was some back and forth and just some uncertainty and fear even. Uh, and God really had to deal with me in that area. So I would I say work that's... with Josh and Jonathan. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the then number gonna one. <laughs> make me do this podcast. And... Yeah. yeah, that would have been a deal breaker. For <laughs> <laughs> if she only knew. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and kind of drill down into that a little bit. For those of you who are listening or watching and you're not sure exactly the relationship that Joanna has with Josh and I, uh, she is taking the position of children's director here at our church. And when we first offered you the position about this time last year, you turned us down. You said no. And then I continued to ask every so often, hey, has anything changed? Anything changed? And then around May, you said, yes, it's changed a bit. Mm -hmm. What was it that caused that shift to take place? Um, Well, I would say it happened on a couple of different levels uh, because last year I really had no idea where I would be going to grad school. I didn't even know if I would be in state for my graduate studies. And and then also, I don't know if I've really told you this or not, um, when I was first offered the position, it kind of felt like I had to choose between doing this Mm. or doing grad school. And that wasn't something you communicated. That was something that I think in my own mind, I was like, no, if I'm going to do children's ministry, I'm going to go all in. I can't be trying to, Mm. to balance grad school too. Um, but then God kind of worked things out and, you know, you talked about it and gave me more information and told me, you know, that you'd be willing to, to work, uh, you know, work things around however I needed. And just knowing that I had flexibility here, um, and that this was an option that I could do this and continue my studies, Mm -hmm. um, that was a big deal. But then also there was definitely a heart level shift because when I first, thought, oh, you know, I could actually do this as, you know, as, as my job, then I was like, there's, there's no way. Like I started listening to a lot of different lies and fears that I had, um, you know, including you're not good enough to do this. Like they need a real children's director and you're not a real children's director. You don't know how to do this. And then I also, you know, was just listening to, to things like you're too, you know, you're too busy. You, you're not going to be able to have the wisdom it takes to, to lead kids and to grow them. And so I just kind of bought into those fears. But then God started working on me and bringing me through that process. And I also realized that um, I had gotten so overwhelmed and fatigued by going to school and working mm-hmm. other jobs in addition to doing children's ministry here that I was just very out of balance in my life and didn't really feel like I was enjoying almost anything that I was involved in in a way that made me want to do more of it. And so once I got that balance back, I started realizing how much I cherished this, like what I was getting to do and the kids that I was getting to work with. And so once I realized that I could potentially lose the ability to just be with the kids every Sunday, I was like, man, I really love that. I want to continue that. So those were a couple of the different levels and things that were going on throughout that whole decision-making process. Yeah. I, just going back to silencing some of the lies, I think for all of us, even when it comes to pursuing community and purpose, there's just so much negative chatter that we mm-hmm. have in mm-hmm. our thoughts and our minds. And sometimes it's just a matter of, I'm just feeling more comfortable on my couch. 
I don't want mm -hmm. to engage in community. And in reality, I mean, look at research. Research tells us, no, your life will actually be happier off of the couch. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like it, seems counterintuitive, but it is a better life engaging with people. God has created, designed you for that. Uh, how, I guess, how did, how did you begin to silence those lies or allow God to bring truth to, to your heart and your mind to get you to that choice? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think everyone can relate to, like you said, having those lies and those fears in their life. Um, and so what I realized was I was not the only one dealing with doubt in my life. And I started talking to uh, God about it a lot. Um, I was, you know, just constantly going before him and saying, hey, God, is this something you want me to do? Are these fears, are they legitimate hesitations or are they doubts that I need to let you silence? Um, and so doing that really helped just talking to God about it a lot. Um, and then I also talked to a lot of other Christians and people that I trusted because um, I think that sometimes we lose perspective and we just need to hear from somebody who's a little further away from the situation than we are. And so um, getting to talk to God and then to people and then also to do a hard evaluation of my passions and mm. my gifts and abilities because I think that point where your passion converges with your gifts is a good spot to be. And so through, through doing those things, I was able to realize that some of those doubts, like, hey, you're not good at, at this, mm -hmm. that was a lie. And things like, you know, people don't really want you to move into this position, you know, through talking and examining that, I was able to say, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. And just kind of one by one, move those to the side and, you know, let God silence them. Yeah, well, that's really good. Um, so that's really cool because uh, I know a lot of friends my age have very similar stories to that where when they're they're called into a position or they, they are asked about, hey, do you want to do this? Our first instinct is we can't do that. Like we, yeah. we were barely out of that age where we had somebody like that pouring into us. Mm -hmm. And how can I like attain that? And so I remember there's a specific person who, who spoke that. And they were like, no, we, we see that ability and talent mm -hmm. in you. Who do you, I mean, do you want to give a shout out? Who was mm -hmm. that person to you and what did they say? Um, well, I would say that, honestly, you both were people who, specifically in this case with, you know, the children's director position, were speaking that life into me of, hey, no, we see this potential in you. We think that you can do this. And so... That was really good. But then also um, my family, my, hmm. my mom and my dad and especially my younger sister. I talked to them a lot about it. Um, and they were really like, no, Joanna, like we see how you love this and how, you know, you're you're excited about it and things like that. They, they really spoke that into me and made me believe that, you know, I could push through all of those doubts and... Um, come out on the other side. Yeah. So great question. What would you tell somebody who's listening and they're at that point where they're not sure? Is this something that God is calling me to? Is this something that is going to make my life worse? 
maybe it's children's ministry. Maybe it's mm. they've been thinking about getting involved in children's ministry, but man, they've seen some preschoolers and they're like, no, I don't want to <laughs> like have to deal with that. Uh, what would you say to anyone who's at that point where they're not sure, but they feel as though God might be leading them to doing some sort of ministry service mm. in the church or even outside the church? You know, my advice would be just to jump into it because um, until you try something out, you don't really know if you're going to like it or not. And once you jump in, I would say you'll definitely know for sure. Uh, if, if the idea of working, you know, say, say with nursery kids just makes you absolutely die inside, <laughs> then that might not be the area for you, but maybe elementary is. Or, you know, uh, I think that you can, you can rest on this verse from Philippians, Philippians 2.13, that mm -hmm. says God's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And so just give it a try, try new things, but then also know like God is going to give you the, both the desire and the ability to do what he wants you to do. So have that balance there. Yes, I'm willing to try new things um, and I want to I want to get involved. Uh, and then also know that if he's really calling you to that, then he's going to give you the ability to do it. Even if you have to change a lot of stinky diapers in nursery like yeah. He'll give you that ability. If you run away, he'll send a whale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's hopefully not going to be the case. Uh, but let me ask you this. You've been here for over a decade at our church. You've served much of that time. What has been the best experience of being a part of ACC? That is such a hard question. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> you know what? To, to her credit... Um, Actually, you know what? It's not to your credit. I actually gave you this question ahead of time. So this is this one you should know. Yeah, I should, but it's it's so hard, man. Uh, and you did give it to me ahead of time. I was, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask it, though. Because, Sorry, it's there. Because there's been so many uh, just wonderful experiences. And I would just say, like, being part of this body of believers has been the greatest experience. Uh, but if I was to point to one specific one... Yeah. Uh, that was really transformational. It would probably be um, getting to go with the Honduras mission team mm -hmm. uh, and getting just to go over there and work with the kids in Honduras and stuff. That was really, really transformational for me because I just um, had never been out of the country before. And so getting to do that with a group of people who were so passionate about it really just kind of awakened that part of me that wants to to get out there and to do ministry um in a major way so that was probably one of the greatest experiences how many times have you gone on that trip uh i think three okay three josh how many times have you gone on that trip um with our church only once but to honduras like nine times wow oh, is yikes. that right i had yeah. no idea yeah that's wild and that's also where you met your or at least fell in love yeah. with your yeah. wonderful wife yeah yeah <laughs> We started talking, went on a mission trip, and then came back, and we are like, yeah, we should probably date. <laughs> so have you ever gone in those three times and thought maybe there was a match made <laughs> for yourself? No? No. Nope. Not your story no. yet. Okay. Yeah. That'll be trip number four. There we go. There we go. That's why I'm going to go next year. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to start praying about it right now. But only if there's a lot of books involved. <laughs> yeah. So let me shift this a little bit and just kind of talk about purpose in general. Uh, everyone, at least when it comes to kind of the, the Christian mindset, realizes, hey, you only have one life. 
and this is the life that you get to live. Uh, obviously, there is eternity with God, but we want to make this life count. And so my question uh, to you is, how would you describe your purpose and how you're making your life count, mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to even this role here as our children's di mm -hmm. director? Um, well, I think that I've, I've been praying about this since I was about 10 or 11, and, and I can't really, you know, put a pin in the moment that I started thinking about purpose, uh, but I realized that this life is really, really temporal, mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, so I want to do something that's going to make a difference in eternity, and I think at some point everybody has that realization that you want to make a lasting impact, mm -hmm. and so I started just thinking what can I do now that is going to make the biggest impact into eternity? And I realized that it's loving God because I think everybody's purpose starts with a relationship with God. And so um, the number one aspect of my purpose is just to dig into that relationship with God and get to know Him better. Um, and then the, the second dimension for me became making disciples and just being able to, uh, you know, show people how amazing God is. Because once you come to love him, you know, you want to share that love. It's just natural. And so I wanted to be able to not just make, uh, you know, not just show people how much, uh, you know, how amazing he is and how much they should love him, but then also uh, help them realize that they can do the same for others. Mm -hmm. And so I just became passionate about disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Um, and that was really the driving force behind my decisions throughout high school and college to get really involved with uh, ministry just because, uh, you know, once, once you're deepening your relationship with God, it's natural for there to be an outpouring. And so that's, that's what I wanted. Um, and so I realized that making disciples is very, very significant. And um, I was involved in children's ministry here before I had that epiphany. But then afterwards, it just took on a whole new dimension when I realized that I got to have a hand in shaping just the eternity of these kids. And so I think that's just one of the, the greatest gifts that I've been given is the knowledge that my purpose has to do with shaping uh, younger believers, uh, you know, whether they're kids or teens. Um, but uh, just just shaping them has, has become part of my purpose. And I would say mm -hmm. to anybody who's, you know, trying to examine that area of like, kids ministry and stuff that it really makes an internal impact because I've shared before with you guys that uh, there have been people in my life who didn't even realize here at this church people who didn't even realize what a difference they were making in me but the fact yeah. that they came alongside me and discipled me when I was in elementary school even um, really made a difference that I am still feeling the effects of today uh, just of you know pushing me towards that growth yeah if there's someone listening right now who is at a point where they're maybe not really sold on what their purpose is, or maybe they've moved in a direction, but it's so not what they thought it was, and there's a lack of satisfaction and realizing, mm -hmm. gosh, this can't be all there is, what would you say to encourage them as they continue to pursue purpose and significance? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that First off, sometimes we get career and purpose yeah. um, confused. 
And so no matter what your career is, your purpose, I think, stays the same of, you know, relationship with God and relationship with others and, and seeking that meaningful outpouring in life. And so I think that if you're in a place where you're dissatisfied or you don't quite feel like you've reached your purpose yet, um, first off, look around because you've been planted in that place for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I would say first check and see if maybe you're in the right place, but with the wrong mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can examine your mindset and open your eyes, you might realize that you're actually where you're supposed to be. You're just not doing it the way you're supposed to be doing it. So, you know, for instance, if you're stuck in an office where you just feel like you're not really getting the opportunity to minister, you might just look around and try and find more creative ways to minister to your coworkers. Um, you know, you, your first ministry is to your family and mm. to your friends and mm. to your coworkers. And if you can find a way of pouring yourself into that, then I think that there's a lot to discover in there about purpose. But then sometimes you do have to make that move to a different place or, you know, just, um, something in your life that you have to change. And I would say when that is the case, uh, that you should definitely talk to God about it and just really try to listen and focus on where he's leading you. And then, uh, like I said earlier with my decisions, talk to other people and see what they're saying, if they agree or, if, or you know, just get counsel from others. Um, in Proverbs, it talks all the time about the wisdom of, seeking other people's counsel. So I would say if you're in a season where you need to move, do that. And then also once you've got that perspective from God, start looking at where you're interested in digging in and where your passions are leading you and you know what purpose you really want to fulfill. So I would say do that because when you start doing those things, you are so much more able to identify your life's purpose and just what makes you tick. Yeah. No, those are great answers. I appreciate those. I've got two questions, Josh. I don't want to throw out my last two without giving you more time. No, you got it. So first of all, you are in this position of children's director. You've got some plans. You've got some insights as to what this next year season is going to look like. Want to share anything exciting that might, for any parent who's listening, mm -hmm. actually get them pumped for what we're doing here? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a lot of uh, different stuff that I would love to do. Um, like I mentioned before, just my, my heart for the ministry is to find more and more ways of training kids to absolutely love Jesus. Because mm. I think once they have that love for God, a lot of the other things that we're trying to do will fall into place. Um, and then we've talked about it a lot of the idea of family discipleship and how you can make those connections at home. So if you're a parent watching, uh, just know that, you know, we are looking at ways to get resources into your hands and um, just ways to equip you to be able to carry out discipleship in your own home. Uh, and then, you know, we've also talked about, you know, mentorship in our kids program. And so we're looking at ways to um, maybe put something in place there to have a specific program uh, because we all know that mentorship is one of those ways that kids can really grow uh, continuously 
Um, so those are a couple of different things that we're just we're thinking about and we're looking through, yeah. and I think that the future is really bright. So yeah, absolutely. This one's a challenge to parents. Hopefully, you'll have a challenge for them. It's one of those things where it's easy to kind of listen and be like, oh, Joanna's so great. She's doing such a great job. We're really glad that she's in this position. But for any parent, whether you are already connected to our church or not, there are areas in your sphere of influence, your little ones that you can, or if you've got teens, you know, that you can continue that disciple, uh, discipling process. And so I want to ask you, what challenge would you give parents mm-hmm. who are listening right now? I would say I have both a challenge and an encouragement wrapped up in one. Um, lead by example. Mm. Uh, your your kids are noticing what you do, and mm. they want to be led by you. And so um, if you are showing them the way, then I think that they're just going to naturally gravitate towards whatever you're laying down. Um, and that's also an encouragement because it means that once you put those once you put those things into your life, those rhythms of, you know, just living and leaning into God and then into service and community, once you do that, like, that's the hardest work. And when it's, when that's done, when you have, you know, a great relationship with God that you're continually pouring into and uh, just a place of community and a place of service, then your kids are going to like I said, gravitate towards that. And so it's it can be difficult if you don't have any of those things already in place. But, you know, that's, again, that process that you have to get into. Um, so really my encouragement is that your kids really want to be led. They want to grow spiritually, and they might not realize that that's what they want because, you know, they can't articulate it. But even just looking back on my own childhood, I remember watching – my parents and the things that they put in place to uh, make sure that their own life was full of God and community and service and the way that that began to lead me towards that, um, towards a life full of those things was very, very impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, obviously we say here that life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. You've seen it modeled in the life of Joanna and as parents or even those who are single, as it's a, it's a truism. And we want to encourage you all the more to live those things out. Until next time, God bless, and hopefully we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.